Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thanks for tuning in today, and wow, so much going on, and we've got so much to cover. I'm going to blow through a lot of stuff really quick because I want to get to do it all, and, and we're, we're going to look at the, the Durham report and, and the outfall from that and what's going on. And of course, the Democrat denials, oh, it's not a big deal, no bit, you know, it's all right, man, it's all good. We fixed that. The FBI saying, oh, no, well, we've already put new rules in place, blah, blah, blah. We'll listen to some of the FBI whistleblower testimony before Congress today, which was enlightening to say the least. And the fact that these men have come out in support of their country in defense of the Constitution, which they swore an oath to. They did not swear an oath to the FBI or the Department of Justice or to the Democrat Party. And they're coming out to say so. We can take a quick look. Update on Ukraine, and we're giving them more money because, well, that's what we do. We just keep giving them more money. And the ridiculousness, the the absurdity of reparations for African Americans. I'm sorry. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. I will stop paying my taxes if anything like that ever passes, period. I'll be a conscientious objector to paying taxes. And the insanity of Congress, because we have people in there like Fetterman, and Feinstein that have no business doing anything. Hey, if you're just, uh, you know, I'm on, I'm on Rumble, rumble.com slash the Nun Report. If you're watching there, please make sure to hit the follow button. And, and if you're not watching there and you're just listening on a podcast, still go there and hit the follow button. It's important that as, as conservatives, as America First Patriots, that we support each other. One of the ways you can do that is by supporting me and following my channel, following my podcast, so that it gets further distribution. Because the more that follows, the more distribution it gets. It's appreciated, really. It is, and it does help. Also, on all the podcast channels, if you just if you don't have time to wa- sit down and watch because you're driving or you're mobile or whatever, hey, no problem. I'm on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, iHeart. All the, all the regular podcast suspects out there. And, uh, and of course, renegaderadio.com exclusively. So, hey, let's get this thing rolling and let's dive into what we're going to talk about today. We have, uh, um, you know, oh, first of all, hey, how, how, about, how about that Joe Kent episode yesterday? You know, if you didn't catch it, make sure you do catch it. Joe Kent, is a, he's a veteran, 20-year veteran, a special force. He served this country. Um. You know, he, he, he was a field operator for the CIA, not an unelected bureaucrat in the office, but an actual field, op, field operative out there doing his thing. And he's also running for Congress in, in the 3rd District of Washington State. The guy knows so much, and it was a great interview. It was a great exchange of information, a great exchange of ideas, and it was great. We covered so much information and so many topics because the guy's knowledge base is that big. He can talk knowledgeably on so many different subjects, it was great to talk to him. I hope to have him on again. But check out yesterday's episode with Joe Kent, okay, of Washington State. It was it was incredible. Okay, let's get let's get a roll on here. the The Durham investigation has has come to an end, and you know, mixed emotions here. I think that it was definitely you know it was a win in that that uh, it proved that there was no Russian collusion, that it was all BS, and that. It was a setup from the very beginning with the Clinton campaign and that Obama was involved in all. There was a lot of information in there. It was disappointing in that it didn't go as far as, all right, it's, you know, he wanted to talk to uh, McCabe, for instance, and he declined, you know, they requested he be interviewed and he declined to interview. And it, oh, okay, well, no biggie. Then we won't interview you. How about a damn subpoena? 
Why did they not? Why did why did uh, Durham not subpoena these people and compel them to testify or take the fifth? It, get them on record. Didn't even didn't even try to get them on record. That's disappointing. That part's disappointing. So let's jump right in here with uh, with this opening from MSNBC. You want to talk about a waste of time and money. The John Durham investigation is an embarrassment. And it should go down as one of the biggest abuses of power and waste of money in the Department of Justice's history. So the investigation that proved that all of the Russian collusion was bullshit, the investigation that proved the FBI had illegally obtained warrants and wiretaps, the investigation that proved that Trump was right all along. It was a massive witch hunt. There was no Russia, Russia, Russia. None of that was real. It didn't happen. It never existed. It wasn't real. It was made up. It was phony and people lied about it and they knew it. So the investigation that uncovered all that was a waste of time. But the Mueller investigation to try to prove that all of that actually happened was good. Are you serious? So the Mueller, Mueller investigation trying to prove that, you know, Russia, Russia, Russia happened. That was all good. And then the real investigation that proved that it was a farce and a lie and actually a seditiously conspiratorial action by those in the Democrat Party, those in the Department of Justice, those in the FBI. That's a waste of time. You know what? You're a POS. And... Your life is a waste of time, okay? You can sit up there and say that. If you can sit up there and say that on Capitol Hill, man, you are something else. Here's, here, now, here's a real patriot. Here's a real man, someone who I doubted in the first year. You know, one of the main things I disagree with this guy on is his position with Ukraine, but that's another topic for another time. Check this. Well, a number of things. We're asking Durham to come in and testify so we can look at it more. It really raises the question about Adam Schiff. You remember when he told the American people he had proof? Remember when you tell him he didn't know the whistleblower and what he put America through and openly lied to us and now it's proven in this as well? It raises a lot of questions about his, just his character, his standing inside of Congress or whether he should be, even be in Congress. The man should not be in Congress. He should be in prison. He should be in prison. Let's go back and look at a few things that... Uh, the Adam Schiff, you know, it's funny. Uh, there was a meme today that was brought to my attention um, that uh, it, it was a it was a picture of Adam Schiff, and and he says, "My spirit animal is a tapeworm." <laughs> Man, you people are so clever. People who come up with those memes on the spot. I, I I have a meme inspiration once in a while, but nothing like the people that actually do it. But yeah, uh, Adam Schiff's spirit animal is a tapeworm. Someone put together this super clip. It's good. Check it out. There's been no shortage of investigations into President Trump now or soon to be underway. They're looking into the president's tax returns, his inaugural committee, the Trump organization, Russian influence in the campaign, and a lot more. At the center of many of these investigations is going to be the House Intelligence Committee. And at the head of that committee is its chairman, Adam Schiff. But we do know this. The Russians offered help. The campaign accepted help. The Russians gave help. And the president made full use of that help. And that is pretty damning. Whether it's simply Donald Trump um, reacting to the question that's been raised about his legitimacy because of the, the taint over the election. Uh, but when people uh, say there's no collusion, 
They must have a different word for the kind of corrupt coordination of effort between the Trump campaign and the Russians. Uh, we know that the president has made uh, probably over a thousand false statements uh, about the Russia issues. It's very clear that the Trump campaign welcomed Russian help, built it into their campaign plan, never reported it, uh, made full use of it, and then lied about it. Bob Mueller did not find that there was no collusion. In fact, in the first couple of pages of the report, he said we don't address that issue. What we found is we could not prove criminal conspiracy beyond a reasonable doubt. The president had just incited a mob that attacked the Capitol and killed, uh, resulted in the deaths of, of five people. Uh, so the fact that they were in an unsecure place uh, that is guarded with nothing more than a padlock uh, or whatever security they had at a hotel uh, is deeply alarming. Uh, and I have asked for, along with Chairman Maloney, a damage assessment by the intelligence community and a briefing to Congress. That person is absolute human scum. He is a POS, all capital letters, all the time. That guy, his, his spent an entire career being the liar. Shift the liar, shifty shift. That's why Trump calls him that, because he is. And it's funny, the, the more that comes out through the Mueller investigation and, and through the, the FBI uh, scandals that are going on that the whistleblowers are are testifying to. You need to understand that liberals are okay with that. That they don't care that the, the FBI and the Department of Justice obtained illegal warrants. They don't care that they use a steel dossier, which they knew was completely fabricated, which they could not corroborate in any way whatsoever to say that there was a Russia collusion conspiracy that never was. They don't care that that's all been disproven because to them, it doesn't matter. Orange man is bad. So they can justify any means necessary to expunge him and to get rid of him and to discredit him any way possible. Because these are not serious people. They're not ethical people. They're not honest people. They're not truthful people. They're scum and useful idiots, many of them. A lot of them don't even know they're being used. They live their lives off of headlines and titles and sound bites. They never dive into the meat and potatoes because the meat and potatoes would terrify them. Their minds would not be able to comprehend it. Their minds would not be able to process it. And in the end, they're basically lazy. They don't want to take the time to process this stuff. They don't want to have to actually think and use critical thought and come to their own conclusions. They'd rather just listen to CNN or MSNBC and repeat the same BS over and over. I tell you what, you repeating a lie over and over does not make it any less truthful. Or any less of a lie. I should say, you know, I, I talk to these people all the time. Obviously, they... They comment on my posts. They say ridiculous things. They send me crazy emails. And most of the time, I ask Clint Eastwood for advice because he, he offers the best advice on all of it. What a load of shit. Yeah. Thanks, Clint, man. I love it when you weigh in. A couple more clips here from uh, Shifty Shift because, I mean, the guy is just... Look at this guy. Remember, we will be putting together a report what he said. that will set out uh, for the country what evidence we have seen to date 
uh, what evidence we have seen in terms of the Russian hacking and dumping operation, what evidence we have seen in terms of the Russian social... There was no evidence. None. Not a single ounce, not a single shred, not a single piece of evidence. Well, it is like Watergate uh, in the sense that uh, you had a break-in at the Democratic headquarters, uh, in this case uh, a virtual one, not uh, a physical break-in. Uh, and you had a president uh, as part of a cover-up. Um, and here you have a president doing a different kind of cover-up. Uh, you have a president uh, peddling these uh, falsehoods and you have uh, essentially people putting out a propaganda like Rudy Giuliani to further that fiction. Uh, it is, I think, of a size and scope probably beyond Watergate, just not the Watergate the president is referring to. While he's sitting up there lying every single day, this man needs to be expelled from Congress, he needs to be expelled from planet Earth, seriously. ...in which the Russians offered help, which we know they did, the campaign accepted help, which we know they did, uh, the Russians then delivered help, which we know they did. There is circumstantial... Huge, useful idiot. That guy got played by his party big time, and he's going to take the fall at some point in his life, I would hope. Hakeem Jeffries, the esteemed minority leader, the next uh, Barack Obama wannabe, the, uh, the empty suit. This guy looks demonic, man. Look at his eyes. You ever look at him? He kind of, his eyes are... Man, he had this to say. Um, do you have a reaction to the Durham report? And uh, do you believe, are you concerned that this could cause a lack of trust in the FBI moving forward? Well, I haven't had the opportunity to closely review the Durham report, but as far as I can tell, um, this is another example, generally, of right-wing conservatives in terms of their reaction to it uh, trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. And this is what the extreme MAGA Republicans on the Judiciary Committee and on the Oversight Committee have been doing throughout the year. And this is what the extreme commie Democrats have been doing always, and that's projecting the exact thing that they always do. Making a mountain out of a molehill? Excuse me, I didn't know that exposing corruption within the FBI that that put out illegal FISA warrants that, that spread a story of Russian collusion that did not exist, that accepted the Steele dossier, which they knew was entirely made up as actual evidence in fact, and put that out there. An FBI that goes out there and raids people homes, that 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 squashes whistleblowers, that t- strips away their security clearance. An FBI and Department of Justice has been weaponized completely out of control. I didn't know that was a fucking molehill, okay? But that's what they will have you believe. Oh, there's nothing here. They just double down every single time. Making a mountain out of a molehill. Oh, yeah, it's no big deal. Man, that's nothing. Happens all the time. That's just a molehill. (laughs) Hakeem Jeffries, you are a pathetic, sad excuse for a human being. So today we had FBI uh, whistleblowers testify before Congress. Special Agent Garrett O'Boyle was one. And um, it was an eye-opener in a lot of respects. I, I can't play all of it here, obviously. You know, congressional testimony is extensive. Um, a lot of it's 
kind of just boring and, and groundwork and, and grandstanding, you know, for people who just want to spend their time allotted instead of asking questions to uh, push their own position. So I'm not going to, I obviously can't cover all of it, but you ought to check it out. Um, he's been, this man's life has been destroyed because, because he stood on principle and did not allow himself to be intimidated by an organization that is beyond, an organization that that needs to be dismantled. There is no saving the FBI. This is, this is not unprecedented. I'm not. Conservatives aren't saying to defund the police as the Republican or as the Democrats keep trying to say. Abolishing the FBI is not defunding the police. Abolishing the FBI is getting rid of a law enforcement agency that has been so completely corrupted and weaponized by the left, the only way to fix it is to get rid of it and start it over. And that's not unprecedented. It's happened in the past. We have gotten rid of agencies in the past when they became so corrupted that the only way to fix it was to start over. And this is another one of those times. But his testimony, Special Agent Garrett O'Boyle's testimony started out, with this, check it out. I'm sad, I'm disappointed, and I'm angry that I have to be here to testify about the weaponization of the FBI and DOJ. Weaponization against not only its own employees, but against those institutions and individuals that are supposed to protect the American people. I'm here today because even though I'm wrongfully suspended from the FBI, I remain duty-bound to the American people to play my small role in rectifying these issues. After all, I never swore an oath to the FBI. I swore an oath to the Constitution. I've served my nation and community my entire adult life, first in the United States Army, then as a police officer, and late, lastly as an FBI special agent. Shortly after high school, I joined the United States Army where I served in the infantry and I was quickly promoted through the ranks. I deployed to both Iraq and Afghanistan in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation Enduring Freedom. I served in the historic 101st Airborne Division. I received the Combat Infantryman's Badge, which is awarded to those infantrymen who engage in ground combat with our nation's enemies. The Army's official motto is, this will defend. Along with numerous others, I volunteered to serve this nation, risking my life in combat to protect America and her values. I know some of the best men and women this country has to offer. They come from all backgrounds, races, and creeds. They helped mold me into the person I am today. Each was willing to sacrifice, and many did, to protect this great nation. It is our duty to honor their sacrifices by standing up for what is right, regardless of the difficulty. And it goes on. His opening statement was uh, six minutes. So I can't do it all here, but um, you get the point. You can look it up if you want. I suggest you do. And for the liberals that, that once in a while watch this show, and I know that there are some, uh, please open your mind. Just listen to this man. You don't think he's a patriot just because he's, a whistleblower for the FBI. What is wrong with pointing out? What is wrong with coming forward? What is wrong with exposing corruption and illegal activity within a federal law enforcement agency? If your only disagreement on that is that because it suits what Republicans want right now, or or it is is um, you know somehow partisan, it's not. It's, it's constitutional. And the fact that so many 
extreme commie Democrats look at the, the Constitution as a, people who believe in the Constitution are extreme. People who believe in the Constitution are MAGA. People who, I, I had a guy tell me today that, oh, it, it, anytime I see America first, I automatically know that you're a seditionist and a racist and a bigot. And they believe that. This man doesn't believe it. This man believes in the Constitution. That's the oath he took and the document he swore to uphold. Did they ever try to get you to do something that was outside the normal order of law enforcement activity? Yes, sir. And what did the Washington field office try to get you to do that violated the law and regulations? They tried to get me to serve a federal grand jury subpoena when there was no proper predicate to do so. And the reason there was no predicate was because it was based on an anonymous tip, right? That's correct. And time and again, the Washington field office was trying to pressure you without corroboration to go start process on people. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. And so while I agree that January 6th was a violent day, a bad day, a day that nobody wants to relive, violence on January 6th doesn't justify weaponizing the government against people who were innocent and did nothing wrong. Thank you for blowing the whistle on that. I yield. Yeah. You know, it's, it's good that we have some brave men that are stepping forward and, and some people that believe in the Constitution of the United States. Um, Matt Gates, he, he continued with this. Or, or excuse me. Um, wrong clip. One of these days, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a producer. That'll be pretty cool, huh? All right, check this out. Was this a seditious conspiracy against President Trump by senior government officials uh, at the end of the Obama administration and beyond? It was a seditious conspiracy, and the inside man was James Comey. This was cooked up by Brennan and Clapper and Susan Rice, and they left Comey to be a part of the Trump administration to erupt this Russia hoax lie. Now we will always think of 2016 to about 2019 as the Russia hoax era of American politics. And I took particular note at how Jim Comey was always asking, where's that FISA? Where's that warrant to do that spying that was approximate to the Trump campaign? This year, Chris, we're going to have to take a vote in the Congress to reauthorize the very authorities we saw weaponized in this Durham report. And I cannot imagine any Republican voting to reauthorize those authorities in this very form. We've got the pattern recognition here, though. That's that's the important thing. This is not just in the rear view for us. It's very much through the windshield. Right. You've got big government, big media, big tech, all in this conspiracy to try to reshape the nature of truth. And guess what? You saw the very features of that same conspiracy reemerge in the Hunter Biden laptop scandal. I believe that truth in this country should be a function of discovery. It shouldn't be something defined by. Do not let the left redefine normal. Do not let them do that. One more uh, clip from the testimony here. Also, Mask Gates. The, the audio is a little bit low on this clip. I, I couldn't boost it up enough without distorting. Um, I apologize for that. So, if, if if you're interested, you know, listen closely. Um, here you go, Mr. O'Boyle. What the ranking member said that when people break the law, 
they deserve the consequences they get. And it doesn't matter that they served in the military. So what law did you break before the FBI packed up all your stuff and moved it across the country to Virginia? No true law. The only thing I broke was not towing the line for the FBI. Like I said when I opened, my oath is to the Constitution, not to the FBI. And our laws provide you avenues to talk to Congress, to talk to your supervisors about those concerns, right? Correct. And so you didn't deviate from that, did you? No. You didn't, you didn't go to the media first, did you? No. You used what the law provided. And your family has paid an exquisite price for that, haven't they? They have. How old were your children when they moved you across the country? <clears throat> Six, five, three, and two weeks. A two-week-old baby. Could you get your stuff? Six weeks later. Oh, so for six weeks, almost every possession to your name, the FBI had and wouldn't give back to you. How, how did you, what, what time of year was it? Was it winter, summer? When I reported, it was in September. Uh, so when we were traveling, it was summertime, essentially. So we had basically summer clothes, but then we were uh, basically stranded uh, in Wisconsin, which is where we're from. It gets cold there pretty, pretty quick. And well, I'll take your word for it. I'm a Florida man, but what, what was it like when you had to go and explain to your wife that you didn't have coats for your children because the FBI wouldn't give them back to you? It was horrible. I mean, we were uh, asking family for clothes and It was a difficult time. Yeah. You, were, you became a charity case, didn't you? I did. And now I get derided for that. I never thought I'd have to accept charity in my life. I thought I would be able to take care of my family. But I'm grateful for everyone who has provided charity to me. That even includes a former colleague's uh, church. I would name the church to give them recognition, but I'm too worried that the FBI would send informants to infiltrate that church as well. See, that's what they do. The FBI has become an agency against the right, an agency against pro-lifers, an agency against those who believe in the Constitution, an agency against those who believe in the Second Amendment, an agency against those who don't think children should be mutilated. It's been weaponized by the left to silence those that they don't agree with, plain and simple. And here's the sad ending to his testimony today. And um, consider this. I'll let it play out. It's, uh, it's to me, is emotional. It's very telling. And it's extremely sad. But true. All of the hardships you've gone through. If one of your really good friends, your former colleagues, came to you and said, I have this thing that is being covered up, and I think the American people know to, know, need to know about it, what advice would you give them? I would tell them first to pray about it long and hard. And I would tell them I could take it to Congress for them, or I could put them in touch with Congress, but I would advise them not to do it. So you would legitimately try to protect one of your colleagues from doing what you have done? Absolutely. And how do you think that solves being able to shine light on corruption, weaponization, any kind of misconduct that exists with the American people? It doesn't solve it. But the FBI will crush you. This government will crush you and your family if you try to expose the truth about things that they are doing that are wrong. And we are all examples of that. I can't think of a more sobering way to end a hearing. I yield back.
They destroyed his life. So badly, so much so that if other agents came to him and said, hey, man, we want to expose this corruption too, he would advise them not to. It's not worth the price. The intimidation that our federal government and the FBI puts upon people is... It's illegal, first of all, but it's abhorrent. Our own government agencies going after American citizens, and this is Gestapo, this is SS, this is KGB-type shit. This is the tr- sort of thing that America was, was founded to prevent from happening, that, they, that we were running from, that we were trying to get away from. This is the type of thing that you see in dictatorships and third world shitholes. It's not the thing you would expect in the United States of America, yet here it is. The police state is here. The police state has arrived. So I guess where do you stand? You know, I mean, at some point we're going to have to make a stand. I'm going to throw up one more clip here to argue my case that the FBI needs to be completely abolished. This was thrown up. This was a a recording on a ring cam. FBI agents went to the front door. They were looking for somebody because they were a pro-life activist. And of course, being a pro-life activist is a terrible, horrible thing to our extreme commie Democrat government that we have right now. And so it's, it's just to put it in context, what this was for, they're looking for, for a particular person. She didn't live there. But the point that I want to make with this video is not so much that, I mean, the, the FBI can come to your door and do whatever. And Dan Bongino had this clip on a show this morning. He made some great comments because he's in that he, he, he's from the secret service from the police force. He has a background in these sorts of things. And uh, he was 100% spot on. If this happens to you as a conservative, if FBI agents show up on your door, the only thing you need to do to them is say, don't answer their questions. Don't answer their questions. Just ask them, do you have a warrant? And talk to my attorney. Oh, but we're not, no one's accusing anybody of anything. We just want to talk to you. No. Thank you. Appreciate that. Do you have a warrant? Talk to my attorney. Because they're not there on accident. They are not there to help you. They're not there as your friend. And how sad is that, that we have come to a point where what should be a federal agency to protect Americans and protect the innocent and protect and defend the Constitution has now become one where people are fearful to even talk to them. Think about that. American citizens scared to talk to their enforcement agencies. This sounds like the Soviet Union. Russians of the 60s, 70s, and 80s that were scared to talk to even their neighbors because they might get reported to their law enforcement and then be detained unlawfully. Anyway, check out this ring cam footage and we'll comment a little bit on it. It's about two minutes. 
Check it out. Hi, we're looking for Elise. I'm sorry, she's not here. Can I ask what this is regarding? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name's Ashley Roberts, and this is Kathleen Brown. We're both with the FBI. Okay. We just need to speak with her regarding some information that was sent in to us. Okay. Well, she doesn't live here. Oh, okay. So, I mean, she's my daughter, but this isn't her residence currently. Okay. Do, so, you, do you mind giving us her residence or her phone number by chance? She's not in any uh, trouble. We just have information that we need to ask her about. Do not give them information. Here. Do you mind if I take a picture of your badges? Uh, unfortunately, we're not allowed to, to have anyone take our pictures. Can I see it again, please? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can, you can always call our office, too, and they can verify our, our employment because it is weird. Not every day you get a knock on the door from the FBI. No, and I'm like in a meeting upstairs, so I wasn't trying to not answer. Well, yeah, I was trying not to answer the door. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no worries, kind yeah. of, and I'm like, oh my gosh, whoever's at the door is being like uber persistent. Give me a minute. <laughs> Sorry. So, no, that's okay. We can leave you our office number if you'd like to call. Me yeah, let me do that. That sounds good. Oops, sorry. <laughs> I'll off another. What the hell is up with the whole notepad? That was pretty clumsy. Yeah, sorry to interrupt your meeting. No, you're, no, you're good. No, you're not. So can you tell me what you said it's in regards to? And we, we would tell you all the information because, like I said, she's not in any trouble. But just out of respect for her, we'd like to speak with her first. And then okay. if she feels like talking to you, which I'm sure she will because it's nothing, okay. you know, then... Then you are all complicated. Yeah, there you go. All <laughs> Sorry. Right. So, yeah, up here in Washington, um, that's our number. You can call. That's our. And what's your name? Kathleen Brown. Thanks. <laughs> the clown show. Super amateur. Um, all right, first of all, do not tell them a damn thing. Do not give them your daughter's address or contact information in any way whatsoever. The only thing you need to say to them is, do you have a warrant? The answer is no, or anything other than yes, then speak to my attorney. What I found interesting, and she said it in a, in a laughy sort of way, was it's not every day you get a visit from the FBI. <laughs> That was an intimidation. That was, a, that was a form of intimidation. She was intentionally trying to intimidate this person into giving them the information they wanted, even though she was under no uh, legal legal obligation to do so. And I'll repeat what Dan Bongino says. Is don't escalate the situation. Don't get rude. Don't get angry. Don't get defensive. Just smile and ask if they have a warrant. And if they don't, then say thank you very much. You can speak to my attorney. Oh, but you know, no one's in any trouble. I, thank you. I appreciate that. Speak to my attorney. And then let it go from there. You are on the legal ground here, not them. You've done nothing wrong. This person has done nothing wrong. They got a tip, a tip, and they just want to ask questions. And so they went to mom's house to find the daughter and intimidated the mother. Okay, moving right along here. Um, 
That's why the anyway. That's why the FBI should be banned. They should be dismantled. They should be nuked. They should be blown up, gone out, forever done. Take the honest agents, go through an interview process, and distribute them throughout other agencies. The mission can be transferred elsewhere. We don't need duplicitous law enforcement around this country as much as we have it. This came out today. Uh, nine different federal judges have blamed Trump for January 6th. And I said, oh, just like 51 intelligence officials say it was Russian collusion. God, these people, they just they keep using the same game, the same tricks over and over. This is the... Uh, um, this is where the weirdest part of the show, although it's sad because this isn't really weird. I don't know if this is weird or if this is just really, really bad. But look at this. There's no such thing as someone else's child. No such thing as someone else's child. Our nation's children are all our children. These are kids. These are our kids. They belong to all of us. When we talk about the children of the community, they are... The children of the community. This is communism. Your children do not belong to you. They belong to the state. They belong to the society. They belong to the greater good of humanity. They're not your children. They're our children. This is the president of the United States, the vice president of the United States, and their mouthpiece, their, their, their news person, press secretary, there's the word I was looking for, telling you that your children are not yours. They're ours. They're everybody's. Bullshit. They're not. That's communism, straight up. The collective, the Borg. Resistance is futile. Everybody is a citizen of the state. The state will decide what's good and what's not, and you will bend a knee we have some people in the Senate who should not be there. Quite obviously, a lot of people we don't agree with. But there's a couple in particular that really uh, really are kind of scary. Uh, Dianne Feinstein is one. Oh, before we go there, um, let me touch on Ukraine. Let me touch on Ukraine here real quick. Pe <laughs> got ahead of myself. Pentagon overvalued U.S. equipment, overvalued U.S. equipment it sent to Ukraine by about $3 billion. They overvalued it. Shit, we only we only sent you, uh, you know, ninety seven billion in equipment, not one hundred billion like we planned. So, a Senate aide and a defense official said on Thursday an error that opens up the possibility of more weapons being sent to Kyiv for its defense against Russian forces. Reuters reports. Sorry, we underreported the value of our equipment by three billion. So we're going to send you another three billion more. People. This is, this is insane. This blank check policy to Ukraine, I harp on it over and over and over again. This is going to, this is another one of those boondoggles, another one of, good grief. I mean, do we not learn from our past? Do we not learn from Korea? Do we not learn from Vietnam? Do we not learn from Iraq or Afghanistan? Iran is in control of Iraq right now. The Taliban is back in control of Afghanistan with all of our equipment that we left behind. 20 years wars. That, that yielded nothing. Nothing. They didn't yield an ally. They didn't yield oil. They didn't yield anything except the cost of American lives and the cost of foreign lives. And here we are again taking the American treasury and giving it 
to a foreign war that serves zero, zero national security interests of the United States. Now, I feel bad for these people. I feel bad for all the deaths that are happening over there. Just because I don't agree with the war does not mean that I'm a Putin sympathizer. The left, man, the extreme commie Democrats, they love to say that. But we know that's not true. The war needs to end. There needs to be conditions. If you're not talking about peace, you're not going to get a single penny. If you're not engaged in negotiations with how to end this, you're not getting another penny. And Europe, pull your weight. Germany, France, UK, you've been sucking off the U.S. teat since World War II. And Trump's right. It's time you pull your own weight. It's time we put America first. It's time we stop dumping the U.S. Treasury, our tax dollars, into foreign wars that serve zero national security interest to the United States. Anyway, that's my update there. We have uh, Senator Feinstein. This came out. She denies her absence from, from the Senate. I haven't been gone. I've been here the whole time. No, I'm serious. Check this out. Here's the audio of the interview. And it, it's, it's something to behold. Uh, so she's been out for several months. She, they said it was shingles. She's been out. I don't, she's sick for three months with shingles, paralyzing half of your body and whatnot. I, I think there's more going on there than shingles. I think there's a lot more going on there than shingles. But this was the exchange. Listen to it yourself. Check it out. What have you heard? What have I heard about what? About your return. How have they felt about your no, return? No, I haven't been gone. Okay. Um, you should follow me. I haven't been gone. I've been working. You've been working from home is what you're saying? No, I've been here. Um, I've been voting. Please, either know or don't know. She thinks she's been working right there, not from home. She thinks that she has been in the Senate working and voting for the last three months when she hasn't been. She's been in the hospital and she's been at home recovering from a severe illness. Mentally, though, she obviously can't remember any of that because she's either she's either gone. I mean, she's eighty nine years old, or she's so jacked up on drugs that she can't remember the you know truth from from fantasy. So just just so repeat it. She was asked. She says, "No, I haven't been gone." Feinstein offered when a reporter asked her about the well wishes her Senate colleagues had given her. According to the Los Angeles Times, she added, you know, I haven't been gone. I've been working. On further questioning, if she was referring to working remotely from her home, Feinstein reiterated she's been in Washington. No, I've been here. I've been voting. Please, you either know or you don't know. And then we have the Neanderthal getting up behind the podium of the Senate in a sweatshirt He's got his Carhartt sweatshirt on. You can't see it because he's standing in front of a podium, but he's also wearing gym shorts and shitty-ass tennis shoes. We're here for one simple reason. President Biden 
needs to consider using the 14th Amendment uh, if necessary. The entire GOP debt ceiling negotiation is a sad charade. And that's exactly what's wrong about what's wrong in Washington. He can't even read off of a card. And this is what he was doing when he was trying to question in his Senate hearing. Check this out. Is, is it staggering? Is it a staggering responsibility that, a, that, that the head of a bank could literally could literally crash our economy? It's astonishing. That's like if you have, I mean, like, and, and they also realize is that 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 now they have it's in a guaranteed a guaranteed way to be saved by no again by no matter no by by how you know so it's it's you know isn't it appropriate that the those kinds of this kind of control should be more stricter to prevent this kind of thing from going and then you have your own commander-in-chief with this. And I also want to thank my buddy Kamala, who I work for in the, up in the White House, for leading on this issue. He doesn't even correct himself. Kamala, who I work for. Look, there needs to be some sort of cognitive testing or some sort of... Um, they're they're going to... I mean, they would be... Feinstein could be on her deathbed. All right. And they would roll her onto the Senate floor with IV fluids and doctors surrounding her, an oxygen mask on, a tube down her throat. And they would put the yes button for a bill they support on her finger, and Fetterman would push it for her. Fetterman, he can't put a coherent thought through his head or communicate one to anybody else. Yet somehow he's, he's in the Senate. Real winners, these Democrats, and the commander-in-chief, he doesn't even remember if he needs to go stage right or stage left when it's time to stop talking, right? All right, we're on to the last topic here, and that is reparations. Um, I'm going to start out with um, on this. <laughs> I've got so much to say on this. Uh with Hakeem Jeffries, a little a little clip from Hakeem here. Check this out. Yesterday, Cory Bushy introduced a bill calling for $14 trillion in reparations for black Americans. However, critics are concerned that the bill won't pass due to GOP opposition. So my question to you is, why do you think so many people on the right oppose the call for reparations? Well, I haven't taken a look at the bill that Representative Bush introduced, so I can't comment on its merits up or down. Uh, but we know generally that the American people want to see opportunity created in every single zip code. That's my objective uh, in this position that I'm privileged to hold. We want $14 trillion. $14 trillion. Black Americans. Oprah should give all out, out the checks on her show. You know, 10000 for you, a million for you, 500 for you. No, it's not that the right opposes <laughs> this. It's that it's bullshit. It's that it's complete, absolute bullshit. There's not a person living today 
that was a slave or a slave owner. And you know what? Hey, what about the Irish people who were slaves? What about the Chinese who built all our railroads and lived in poverty forever, who based, who were slaves, worked for pennies a day? What about them? Oh, no, no. Only the black people get reparations because that's what they can do to stoke fear and division and, and get people riled up emotionally. They could talk about Irish reparations and people would laugh. They'd probably go drink whiskey. That was a joke, okay, for those who don't get it. Chinese, man, they were, they were enslaved for a long time here. And instead of whining about it, instead of becoming victims, they became studious. They became students and readers and learners. And they worked harder than anybody else did to pull themselves up and get out and become now some of the greatest uh, engineers and, and educators and whatnot that there are in the country. But you don't hear them whining. You don't hear them bitching. You don't hear them asking for reparations. Give me a break. Reparations. Good grief. $14 trillion. The moment they approve anything that says that our tax dollars are going to pay a certain race or creed for something that happened hundreds of years ago is when I stop paying taxes. I won't. Not a penny of my money will go to that. And I'll stand by that. I'm getting old enough now where I could probably live my life as a conscientious tax objector and, and finish it off just fine. But this is some of the absurdity that you get out of the left. Check this one out. Good morning. This is Nikichi Taifa coming to you live from the U.S. Capitol where I'm about to witness the unveiling of another piece of historic uh, reparations history in the making. Congresswoman Cori Bush will be unveiling her reparations resolution, a very comprehensive and holistic um, bill that yes. will be a complement to H.R. 40 and S. 480, the bill that I've been working on uh, for decades, a complement to everything that's going on in this country right now with respect to reparations that is actually sweeping uh, the country like uh, wildfire. I'm looking forward to this uh, introduction. Oh, shut up. I, I'm done. I, I can't even play that whole clip. I just want to vomit. Um, and, and, and here she is herself. Check this out. United States has a moral and legal obligation to provide reparations for the enslavement of Africans. Black people in our country cannot wait any longer for our government to begin a, a, addressing each and every one of the extraordinary bits of harm all of the harm it has caused since the founding. You don't like it? G-T-F-O. Get out. There is no legal obligation to give anybody anything. We all are equally endowed for the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness. And if you decide not to pursue it or you decide to pull your race-baiting BS to keep the black community as victims in their mind, instead of, you should be the most powerful race in this country, man. If you would stop the bullshit and stop the divisiveness and stop playing yourselves off as victims, 
You'd be running this country. Whether it was intellectually or politically or whatever. Shut up. All right? I've had enough. I'm not racist because I was born white any more than you are a victim because you were born black. That was my AOC int- <laughs> impression. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit stuff and throw things down because I'm getting a little getting a little outraged here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Here's the number better take the day. The FBI has to go. It's gonna be short. The FBI has to go. They're corrupt. They're beyond fixing. They are FUBAR. That is effed up beyond repair. For those of you who don't know what that acronym means. These whistleblowers, man, I feel so bad for them. They're gonna get they're gonna get just ramrodded even more than they already have. But thank, you know, God bless them. And pray for them because they're going to need it. The left wants to say that the, you know, the Durham report, oh, what a waste of time, what a waste of money. The Durham report that uncovered the fact that the Mueller report was complete BS. But the Mueller report was great. The Durham report is horrible. These people are insane. We accidentally, oh, oopsie, we underreported how much military equipment we gave to Ukraine by $3 billion. So we're going to give them $3 billion more. Underreported. That accountant needs to lose his job. Holy crap. Reparations. I am adamantly opposed to it. I think it's a ridiculous ploy. It's an emotional ploy. It is a way to, I mean, how insulting to tell black Americans that, you know what? You have been, you were born a victim. Even though you're born in the most freest country in the world, the freest country that will give you the most opportunity to make the most of yourself you possibly can. Doesn't matter. Your great, great, great grandmother was a slave. So therefore you're a victim and every white person out there owes you money. That's not what the United States is about. That's not what the American dream is about. That's not what putting America first is about. And love it or hate it, that's not what making America great again is about. Anyway, hey, if you've just been checking me out on Rumble, which I love, uh, rumble.com slash the nun report, I'm there, all the videos up there. Please hit the subscribe button. Make sure you subscribe, please. All right, it means a lot, and it does help promote the cause, and it helps the algorithms, it helps get more exposure to the ideas that are on the right and right of center. If you're just listening on the radio, renegaderadio.com, that's great. You can catch me also on all the podcasts, whether it's Apple or Spotify or Amazon or iHeart or wherever. I'm there at The Nun Report. I'm on all the socials at The Nun Report, except for TikTok, because I don't do that commie BS. Or just go to my website, thenunreport.com. One stop, one shop. Anyway, hey, thanks again for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers.